0: Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night.
1: Welcome in. This is Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. My name is Chris Unocero. Filling in for Bink tonight. He gets an early start to the weekend. He worked hard last night covering all the uh, action from last night's Chiefs Chargers game on Thursday night football. So he gets the night off tonight. My producer is the barely on time Julio Sanchez Wearing a uh, a bright red Santa Claus jumpsuit, uh, is it a onesie? What it what what is this attire that you're wearing tonight, Julio? Uh,
0: it, it is a onesie, and uh, I was I was that's my typical time I come in, so I wouldn't say late. I guess I'm always late then. I mean, I said barely on time, ba- barely on time. Yeah, okay, but it's still on time, so it counts. And 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 for the record, I was driving from Topeka today, so you're yeah welcome. yeah.
1: So that's yeah, you couldn't leave earlier.
0: I mean, I could, but I feel like I timed it pretty perfect. This is this is my normal. But yes, you're you're welcome with the uh, Santa Claus onesie. Bring some Christmas tree, uh, cheer. Yeah, and he was the uh, he's
1: like the most out of shape Santa because when you came up here to the third floor of the building, I'm still you were out of huffing. breath. You were out of I'm breath. I'm still doing
0: it. <laughs> you're welcome.
1: So yeah, Julio showed up just barely on time today, and we've got three hours here. We've got all the talk on last night's game. Between the Chiefs and the Chargers. We will talk a little bit of Urban Meyer. Some of the uh, disaster that is going on in sports with COVID. But I, I want to start with last night's game. Obviously. And and last night's, last night's game was really interesting to me. Because all year long, we've heard about this Chiefs team. About how they're weak and ripe for the picking. This isn't the same team before. And watching that game last night, just like at, at the first three quarters were frustrating. As a Chiefs fan, you're watching that team. You're expecting them to show up and play well. Big game, big opponent, divisional opponent. They've dominated the AFC West for years now. And you're just expecting them. Because you've seen them the last few years go out and do it. You're just expecting them to go out there and show up in a big game. And, you know, I it, I didn't have a ton of doubt in that game for the most part. But then we get that really awful pick, that, that tipped ball. You know, Patrick Mahomes is throwing out to the flats. Ball gets tipped up, inter- intercepted right at the two. Uh, this is right after that uh incredible uh fumble I think I think Turk Wharton is the one that forced it uh and and um the the chiefs recovered it they they're starting deep in their territory you get an awful pick I mean just that's it, actually a really is a really awesome pick by the by the defensive end but it's just like an awful play call there you don't want to throw into the flats that close to the end zone because all it takes is someone jumping around and it's easy six. Next play after the pick, 21, well, it's twenty-thirteen, and then the extra point, 21-13 because of a touchdown there. And all of a sudden now, the Chiefs are in a position to where they have to, they have to tie this game up. You can't get a touchdown, you can't get a field goal here. You need a touchdown, and you need to go for two so you can tie it up because at this point, points have been hard to come by. And the Chiefs went out there, and they looked like themselves after that point, after that interception, all of a sudden, the Chiefs just, it's like they just snapped right back into it. You know, drive right down the field, touchdown. And then after that, you go for two. It's pretty much no-brainer. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire catches that, the, the two-point conversion on a, on a broken play. And next thing you know, Tie ball game, and now the pressure's back on the Chargers because there's plenty of time on the, on the on the board. Chargers have to score because if they don't, you think that the Chiefs, with that touchdown and with the way they made it look, where it didn't look super challenging, probably going to go down and, and and see if they can try to run the clock out and win the game. We know Chargers get a touchdown. Now Chiefs got the pressure again, and they did it again, forced overtime. And the game wasn't even over after that because now the defense had to go back out there and they had to get a, a, a stop to prevent the Chargers who had just over a minute from getting into field goal range and kicking a game-winning field goal. And they did that. I, 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 and then they get to overtime. You obviously know, amazing play by Kelsey. They, they win the toss. Uh, Kelsey just has this amazing play. Uh, we see the Chiefs go home winners. I really feel like this Chiefs team, if you weren't bought in to this Chiefs team being back after the the two games that they had with the Raiders, like you have to be at this point. You absolutely have to be at this point. I mean, at this point, if you haven't bought in, I don't know what's going to convince you until they get to the playoffs. But as a Chiefs fan, I don't know if I want to let those people back on the bandwagon I don't know if as a fan of this team, I'm comfortable with allowing people who uh up until a week you know, maybe a week or two ago were still on the fence about this team. I don't know if I'm ready to allow them back on the bandwagon. you're the bus driver now? Yes is that what you are Yes I've been dude like a month or two ago it was like a month and a half ago I was saying Chiefs still best in the AFC. Some people thought I was crazy, but I was still saying it. A lot of people here were, you know, they're kind of dipping their toe in the water, waiting for a big game like we saw last night. And I just remember saying, I'm still confident in this team. I'm still taking them over anybody in the AFC. I know the Bills, you know, we, we know what happened when the Chiefs played the Bills earlier this year. But I was always of the mindset that this Chiefs team is built for the long haul. Yeah, you might have some some sputters here and there. Yeah, your offense is having some trouble this year getting going because of mistakes on their part and because teams are defending them differently in an effective way. And the, the Chiefs uh, haven't consistently made the right adjustments to handle that. But. You look at the talent on this team. You look at Travis Kelsey. You look at, at Tyreek Hill. You look at their running back situation. Their backfield certainly looks a hell of a lot better than it, you, you thought it would three, four months ago. Um, and you look at the defense, which is probably the most drastic change uh, since that terrible start where you're, down, you're three and four, and all of a sudden there's question marks about whether or not the Chiefs will make the playoffs. And this team, over the last couple months now, has just been taking care of business and doing it in ugly ways, but they've been taking care of business and their defense has shown up. We don't have it. We haven't had any questions about the defense probably since the first half of the Titans game. And that's really it. And you know, the offense isn't playing amazing. They're not playing great, but they've played good enough for them to be able to win seven straight games. And I feel like so many people just wanted something to be wrong with the chiefs because they're not winning sexy that they made something wrong with the chiefs. Let me, let me give you a, a quick stat here about uh, this, this run that the chiefs have had in their, the last seven games. So during this seven game win streak, the chiefs are averaging 28 points per game and 13 points per game allowed, which is pretty damn nice. You would love For your team, like if I told you that the Chiefs during this stretch would average that, you'd be like, oh, that's great. And when you look at the past couple years, years where the Chiefs fans are really confident in the Chiefs Super Bowl chances. If you looked at those numbers, I went back and looked at those numbers. I think you can make an argument that what the Chiefs are doing right now is better than that from a a points per game perspective, 2019 during that six game win streak to close out the season started with the chargers in Mexico city, 24 points per game scored 11 points per game allowed during that stretch 2020 the entire season, because they pretty much won every game except for the Raiders game at Arrowhead and the, uh, and the final game of the year where the chiefs just sat all their starters because it didn't matter. They averaged for the season 29 points per game and 22 points per game. Right now, the Chiefs, over the last seven games, 28 points per game, 13 points per game allowed. That's it. Right now, your defense is playing at an elite level. Will it be sustained at this level come playoff time? We'll have to see. But I'll tell you this. That game was pretty encouraging last night, considering the fact that you're missing Chris Jones, Willie Gay, and LeJarius Sneed.
0: Can can you blame those that were a little bit maybe slower to jump on jump back on the wagon? Though I mean, th- let's be fair. The first eight games of the season, th- I mean, there th- was a bit of a struggle, bus right, and there was a reason yeah. to be maybe a little bit more pessimistic than than in years past. I
1: can understand having right? d- I can so, understand having some doubts
0: about the team. Well, we have to be fair, but
1: not to the extremes that people had. You see, people were like, "This team ain't gonna make the playoffs. This team is broke." Patrick Mahomes. Those first is eight
0: games, man. I, I I mean, that was hard to see. It it was hard to see, but no one expected the defense to step up the way that they have.
1: I agree with that. No, one. I do agree with that, but we all expected the offense at some point to, to get it right when they needed to. Right. did Did you, did you have your doubts about the offense?
0: Uh, Eventually I, you know, they turned on. Yeah. And, and to be fair again, even last night. The first three quarters. Wasn't sexy. Wasn't sexy. Yes, exactly.
1: It was a problem, but eventually they got it right. But when it counted, when it counted. And if you remember, if you remember when they played the Chargers last year in L.A., it was kind of the same story. Ugly ass game. The first three quarters. Fourth quarter, the Chiefs got just enough offense to win. Harrison Bucker just hit it from Pluto. And, you know, we go home happy or they go home happy. And we celebrate here in, in Kansas City. Uh, another Chiefs victory at that point. But here's my thing. I can understand if your mind at the time that they were three and four after that Titans game, I completely understand if you were like, I'm off the bandwagon. But to me, after that Raiders game, the first one, I was like, oh, they're good, Ian. They're fine. Like, I understand the Raiders aren't an elite team. But... I feel like people are judging the chiefs with college football standards. Like, I feel like the chiefs are judging the, 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 that people are judging the chiefs the way they would judge an Alabama team or a Georgia team, like the elite teams in college football, where if they don't kick a team's ass by enough, something's wrong. Like this year, like a lot of people thought, Oh, something's wrong with Alabama. Uh, they're not kicking team's ass as much as they used to. They're not winning by like 40 points. They're winning by like 17 points. You know, it's not sexy. You, you get taken to, to four overtimes. You, you only win by two points in Gainesville against, against Florida. Like it's stuff like that. And people are like, Oh, this, this Alabama team's not the same team. They're just not as good. And, and so a lot of people doubted this team going into that SEC championship game against Georgia. And then they just smacked Georgia all around the, uh, the Mercedes Benz stadium for 60 minutes and, Go home as SEC champions, and all of a sudden now all of our all of our questions are are gone about how good that team is. That to me is how I feel like this Chiefs team is. I feel like they're a team that has encountered some adversity and they've overcome it in a way that we don't see teams overcome it very often. I mean, think about how many teams have lost Super Bowls as of late and they just fell apart the next year. You know, the 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 Falcons the year after they lost Super Bowl. They, they certainly didn't look like a team that is competing for a championship the next year. You know, you can say the same thing about the Eagles. They were not the same team after after winning. Actually, no, Eagles won the Super Bowl. But, like, the Patriots the year after lost Super Bowl to the Eagles. Next thing you know, right back on top. Like, you don't see teams go out and do what the Chiefs are doing, where you you fall off. You have a bad run, and then you just correct yourself. But the Chiefs have set the precedent the last few years that this is how they operate. Not the first time they've done it. I can understand if we were talking about a team that's just starting to to do some winning, like the 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 Titans, you know, who haven't been the model of consistency the last few years. You know, they they go to the AFC Championship game and the next year. Uh, they're watching the Ravens dance on their logo in, in the playoffs as they lose. Like it's it's things like that. But this Chiefs team has set the precedent that they deserve the benefit of the doubt. And I was surprised during that time that they didn't get it. And so to me, if you're one of these people that it took until now for you to be like the Chiefs are one of, if not the best team in the conference, you, you can't jump back on the bandwagon. You just can't. I can understand if it took you middle to late November, maybe the Cowboys game. I can give you the Cowboys game. But if it took you until now, until the amazing comeback on national TV, until they got their seventh straight win, if it took you until now to jump back on the bandwagon, when we were hearing talk of, oh, are the the Patriots better than the Chiefs? And some people still do think the Patriots are better than the Chiefs. Uh, There's talk of people trying to make uh, Justin Herbert out to be a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. Like, if you're one of those people. That's craziness. People are doing it. But if you're one of those people that's trying to to create this narrative that somehow the chiefs are vulnerable because they haven't been winning sexy. Like last night's game was the game to show you that that ain't the truth. That didn't mean that they're guaranteed to go win a Super Bowl, but this team, like if you're going to beat this team in the playoffs, you're going to have a hell of a job doing it because they've won 7 straight games and they haven't played their best football for probably all year. I mean, besides the Raiders, raided, the Raiders, they, the two Raiders games. They okay, have. and like the the fourth, last the fourth quarter in the fourth quarter and overtime of the Chargers game. So like out of those, out of those uh, seven wins, like four of those games and like three quarters of another one, and yet they've still won seven straight. Like, that should tell you just how good of a team this Chiefs team is. And that's the reason why I've had my faith in them this this entire time. Because it's so hard to win games in the NFL, but it's really hard to win games when you play bad. The Chiefs have been winning while playing bad. That, to me, is the reason why I've been on them. It's the mark of a a championship team, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you can win when you're playing bad that's like, okay, now I'm 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 confident in you. So if it takes you until now, until they actually play great for a quarter and for a drive in overtime for you to start buying into them, yeah, we don't need you on the bandwagon. Coming up next, I think the Chiefs might have a new rival after Thursday night's game. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs
0: 610 Sports Radio.
1: Back in Big at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, Chris Osero, Julio Sanchez, here with you till 9 o'clock. Jay Southland Tow Service, text line is 913-576-7610. Uh, someone on the text line said, bruh, I don't understand gatekeeping fans. Why wouldn't we want as many people as possible cheering for Casey? Julio, how long you been working here? Six-plus years. Six-plus years. That's right. So you worked here during the, the World Series year. I did. They That's the year I jumped on. So here you jumped on. Yeah. You remember what it was like with all them new money Royals fans calling in, texting in, and they had their Chiefs knowledge, their football knowledge, and they applied it to baseball? You I know do. what that was like? I do. Get these stupid-ass calls. Chief, the, the Royals lose a couple games, and people act like, oh, they got to fire Ned Yost. We don't want that in the Chiefs fan base. I don't want no damn new money Chiefs fans. I don't want no people out here pretending like they was on the Chiefs bandwagon because they they saw them play on national TV against the Chargers and decided I like them now when they hated them before. I don't need no new money ass fans. Just not into it, bro. Like, I understand if you need the validation of having everybody root for your favorite team, I don't. Because I know what it's like, and it sucks. Because there's a lot of people out there that say a lot of stupid things. I almost cursed. There's a lot of people that thank say... Thank you for that. I, 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 you all, I almost well, had almost hit the bump. Right? I, I almost had hit the dump button there. Keep your job. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it was a lot of people saying stupid ass things back in 2014, 2015, 2016. And it was terrible. It was awful. I'd have to produce that for Vern and Vern to get pissed. And Vern is a very nice guy on the air. But off the air, he can, you know, when, especially with some of these calls, man, he, he be getting angry. And, and you, he has to, like, try to hold that in and be professional. But there's a lot of dumb people out there. We don't need dumb people. There's there's already dumb people in, in every fan base that exists. We don't need more. We don't need any new money-ass fans. We need people that's been here, ride or dies, since Marty was there, since Romeo Cronell went out there and had the worst year a coach has ever had in Chiefs history, you know? Since we were flying banners. Exactly. Since we were out here doing all the things we could to send messages to the Chiefs to draft a quarterback, you know? Back when Matt Castle was the starting quarterback. Brody Croyle. Yeah, Brody Croyle was the quarterback, and he kept shredding his knees. Tyler Thigpen, the, the <laughs> oh, some terrible years, yeah. some awful years. Just bringing up all my pain right here at six twenty-five on a Friday. But I, I endured all of that. I endured all of that for this. I earned this. These new money ass fans, they didn't earn it. They just stood there and they watched. They saw the Chiefs were good, and they're like, "Oh, I like them now." We don't need them. Not, not today. This is 2021. We don't, we don't need new money ass fans, bandwagon fans. We don't need media riding the Chiefs' coattails. Shannon Sharp, when he two weeks ago said the Chiefs are done, stay on that. Stay. You a Bronco, anyways? So stay on it. We don't need you, Shannon. This morning on, 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 he jumped on just, back on this morning. He did. He jumped this morning he had, right the, back on. he had the Travis Kelsey signed right? jersey and everything, face trying to time be cool. and Travis, yeah, Kelsey. Time and Travis Kelsey. Travis Nah, bro. Name dropping. Nah, bro. Yeah, he got her name dropping that. Nah, bro. Yeah, hate on the Chiefs, bruh. Walk in with your with your with your uh, with your jersey on, your Broncos jersey on, and rep them. We don't need you here, bro. We don't need. you. Don't call him the homeboy. You said he wasn't gonna make the playoffs now because they they're done now. Two weeks ago, because they they didn't score a bunch of points against the, a good Broncos defense that last year the Chiefs struggled to score points on offensively. I don't want to hear any of that. Like we don't we don't need you out here. But I do want to get to a. Uh, uh, An important observation I had from last night's game. Every single time the Chiefs play a divisional opponent, we had, I I, I produced for Bink, the Broncos week, Raiders week, I think both Raiders week. uh, And every time the Chiefs play a divisional opponent, that's not the Chargers. Inevitably, the question gets asked on whatever show, who is the Chiefs' biggest divisional rival? You hear it all the time. Most people say the correct answer is the Raiders. And then there's some people that'll go out and say the Broncos because they remember those terrible days of John Elway uh, tearing up Chiefs defenses and losing in Super Bowls for years. I understand that. We hate John Elway. We hate the Broncos. Man, I, I hated the Broncos growing up. I despised them. Just... Hated seeing John Elway's horse teeth out there. Hated all the bootlegs with Jake the Snake. Uh, Hated just Jay Cutler in period, just in general. Hated him. I completely understand. Hated Peyton Manning. I hated him before when he was with the Colts. Really hated him when he went to the Broncos. That was just a, a terrible time to be a Chiefs fan. It was when Peyton Manning was playing over in Denver. So I understand why some people would feel that way. There's a lot of trauma there. Watching the Chiefs go out there and, and struggle against those those Broncos teams. We did get some good years. The the Bubby Brister years, the the Brian Greasy years, the watching these guys fumble games away against the Chiefs defense. Like those there were some good times, you know. Brock Osweiler out there are some good times. And you know, lately Drew Locke, not a good quarterback, and and this year Teddy Bridgewater. But we've had some good times. A lot of bad times against them, but still not like the Raiders. Raiders rivalry is irrational. We hate them because they're the bad guys. Doesn't matter if they suck. Doesn't matter if they're great. We hate them. The Chargers, though. Does anybody hate the Chargers? I mean, we just like the Chargers. Do you hate the Chargers, Leo No. Nah. No. You don't hate them. Indifferent. Indifferent. I think I've had a couple years where I hated the Chargers. 06, 07, Those two years, I hated them because they were good and because Marty was the coach and I did not want Marty Schottenheimer to win a damn Super Bowl in San Diego. I did not. Not after his failure to win a Super Bowl in Kansas City. I did not want to see him go and win one in in with the Chargers. That was not going to happen. Especially with Philip Rivers back there uh and you know you you hate Philip Rivers, punchable face. Um didn't like, I mean, I respected LaDainian Tomlinson, but I didn't like him because he was so great and he was in our division and you know, you kind of got the Elway vibes from me. It's like, oh man, he's so great at what he does. I really feel like this might be, this could end up being the first time that Chiefs fans could view the Chargers as rivals. Now, it's going to take more than a couple games that are really competitive during the regular season where you split the season series. Going to take a lot more than that. Going to take a lot more than watching the the Chargers beat you on your home turf. But last night at the end of the game, we heard, you know, I saw on Twitter all over the place, man, this rivalry between the Chiefs and Chargers, we're going to be watching this for 15 years. It's going to be amazing. And I just thought about that. And I, I went back to how I felt when the Chargers drafted Justin Herbert. I hated it because I knew this kid was going to be good. He, to me, had the highest ceiling of any quarterback in that 2020 draft class. Just highest ceiling. I thought Joe Burrow had the, had the highest floor, but I thought Joe Herbert had the highest ceiling. And I really wanted, I really wanted the Dolphins to take Herbert. And then I wanted the Chargers to take Tua Tonga-Vailoa because I thought Tua Tonga-Vailoa was going to be a bust. And I, I think he is. <laughs> he has been thus far. So I really wanted Tonga-Vailoa in San Diego. I was like, come on, oh, LA. I was like, come on, draft, draft, you know, like draft Justin Miami. And they made the mistake of drafting drafting Tua. And I was like, oh, damn. As soon as Tua got taken, I was like, Chargers are going to take Herbert. And it is not going to be good because now all of a sudden, Herbert pretty quickly, I thought, was going to be the number two quarterback in the division. Obviously, you know, Derek Carr is a pretty good quarterback, but he's not anywhere near elite. He's decent, you know. I think it would have been better if he, like if the Chiefs had drafted him in 2014, like I wanted them to, I think it would be much better than what he is. But, you know, he is what he is. He's not a great quarterback. You, know, you can win some games with them. You're not going to make the playoffs all the time. You know, it is what it is. But I hated the idea of the Chiefs having to face Justin Herbert twice a year because they, they, the Chargers already got weapons. You know, they already had Mike Williams and, and Keenan and Allen. Um, at that point, they had Melvin Gordon. But, you know, uh, very quickly it turned to Austin Eckler actually no 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 I th- actually think that uh, Gordon left after uh left right before then so it was Austin Eckler and Eckler was really good when Gordon uh, decided he wasn't going to play very much in 2019 because of the contract dispute with the Chargers so I, I just remember looking at that and being like that's not good for the Chiefs because the Chiefs have established a precedent of dominance in the AFC West and now you got a guy I think could be potentially elite some people are trying to put him in the elite category right now. I'm not going to do that right now. I don't I don't think you are elite. Close. He's close. But to me, elite quarterbacks have also great results in the playoffs. There's only like four quarterbacks I consider to be elite in the NFL right now, which is um, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. That's it. Only four quarterbacks I consider elite. I mean, there's other really like – Lamar Jackson, if he can get some more playoff wins, because I think he's only just got the one. Like he's, close I don't even to know it. if
0: I put Josh Allen in that. I, I under, think he's I, one tier below. I can understand that's, that. That's I
1: mean, I, I did it because like won a playoff game a couple years, a couple seasons ago, won a playoff game this past year, uh, and actually a couple, and got to the uh, championship game. Like I, I'd put him there, but I can understand if you didn't because. It was hard for me to put him in there up until last. Like I people were like, like for me, I was like, I got to see it in the playoffs before I start calling him elite last season. But now you got a guy in Justin Herbert, if he has a really good run in the playoffs this year. Let's say that Chiefs get the one seed and the Chargers win their way, you know, from the wild card round, win their way all the way to the championship game, and we get Chiefs Chargers three. Regardless of what the result is, I, I would put Justin Herbert at elite status. So that is a problem because now the chargers are going to be a problem for years to come. And they're going to be a direct obstacle for the chiefs to try to win division titles and continue the dominance that they've had over the AFC. And I
0: think that's where we could get the rivalry from. I feel like we need to set a benchmark for, for when this could be a true rivalry. And for me, it is, getting into the playoffs, and winning. You, you, you have to win at least one, right? But really, meeting up with the Chiefs in the playoffs and really duking it out there, I mean, they might steal one here and there, right? Yeah. Every now and yeah. during I the mean, regular they, season. They did this year. That's They did this year. They've done it in the past. But the playoffs and winning a game in the playoffs... That then I think this really becomes a rivalry.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it takes years. It's not going to be like, a, like you know, the NFL and, and all the media and all the fans are going to try to make it a rivalry next year. I, I, it's going to take some years. Because, like, you got to do something. Even if the NFL makes it a rivalry, even if ESPN tells you it's a rivalry, us Chiefs fans, it has to feel like one. I mean, part of the problem that's going to be, that's going to exist with it is that there's no Chargers fans. Chargers fans don't exist.
0: I want that Brady Manning
1: feel. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm saying. It's like Chargers fans don't exist. So it's like I don't have people to to talk smack to. I was cursed again. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously, Thank I, almost you for I almost did. I had to pause. I was like, mm, talk, talk, talk trash to, <laughs> talk smack to. There's no Chargers fans. So. I it's, it's a, it's a situation where like, like part of the rivalry with the Raiders and the Broncos is that there's uh, a lot of fans for those teams here in Kansas city. There's, I mean, there's uh, Raiders fans are bold too. I've seen a dude, I saw a dude. Yeah,
0: I, but that's starting to die, man. Moving to Vegas. I, I think that takes a lot of the luster long-term. That's going to take a lot of the luster. I off mean, like of, of two, the Raiders fans, two
1: years ago, know? I was driving through the hood on 71 and I saw a dude in his, uh, and his Escalade with two Raiders flags there. And we like in the hood, hood. we like, you know, down there by, uh, near Swart Park. And he's just riding through it. Raiders flags, like dog, like bro, that might be dangerous out here, but he was doing it. And I was like, okay, like, you know, go out here and, and, and stunt if you really bout it. Like that's how Raiders fans are. Broncos fans don't do that. Broncos fans are, are they try to, they try to hide it until, until they get in the safe areas and whatnot. But Raiders fans are about it. They will wear those ugly ass black and silver jerseys and they'll let you know that they root for a team that hasn't done anything significant in like 20 years. They will do, they will show it off. And that's part of the reason why we hate them because we hate the fans. And you know, then they go out and do what they did last week where they're stomping on the logo and that doesn't sit well with us. And now you've got a, a, an even bigger issue. And, Unfortunately, the Chargers don't really have that. They don't have a precedent of like long a long history of success where they've been the dominant team in the league. They've had some good teams, you know, the, you know, with Dan Fouts in the late 70s, early 80s, the Air Coriel offense, and you know, they did go to a Super Bowl in the nineties, and you know, they, they've had some success, but they've never been a consistent threat in the league. And I feel like now they can be and if they can be that's a problem that's a real problem and it's kind of a scary observation to have about this Chiefs team uh, over the long term because now like is there a as i mean if if Herbert turns out to be elite how many times have we seen two elite quarterbacks in the same division same division duke it out every year twice like I don't even know if because we didn't have it when it was it was uh Brady and Manning because they were different divisions, same conference. I mean, even during the like heyday of like Ravens and, and Steelers, you had Joe Flacco as the starting quarterback for the Ravens. So like you didn't have an elite elite, like two elite quarterbacks duking that it out. Every than, so I'm saying, than, it was more about the defense. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. It was more about the defenses than any, and, the, and, and you know, defenses and coaching and whatnot. It wasn't even about the quarter, Joe Flacco. Nobody thought Joe Flacco was an elite quarterback.
0: Well, there, there was a few.
1: No, not at that there time. There were that a was, few. That was like, that was like right before the Super Bowl happened. And even then, nobody thought he was elite. Like, they thought he was, no, they thought he was elite the year after the Super Bowl, and then he showed he wasn't elite. But then he proved that he wasn't. Yeah, he proved that he wasn't. He got paid like he was, but he he proved that he wasn't. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's just Joe Flacco again. But, like, I think there might be a a situation where, like, this could, I mean, maybe it's Joe Montana, John Elway, like, the couple years that they were duking it out in the West. Yeah, the AFC West at that time, yeah. Like, that might be the only time we've really seen it in and and that's not even modern times. I was still in I was still in preschool when that happened. So, I, this might be something that could be unprecedented in modern times in the NFL. And I think the Chargers could be a rival if the Chiefs do end up playing them twice. A, if, you know, they're playing them twice a year, and Herbert proves that he's an elite quarterback. That could be a scary proposition for Chiefs fans for the long term because that's a big obstacle for the team to have to overcome. Coming up next, I tell you why people need to start putting respect on the defense's name.
0: This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the
1: official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Here on Pink at Night, 16 Sports Radio, Sixton Sports.com, Christian Ocero, Julio Sanchez. Talking about which, like how how many times have we seen two elite quarterbacks in the uh playing in the same division at the same time? Somebody said Breeze versus Ryan. I mean, was Ryan elite? He was just elite for that one year, the MVP year, right? I always thought he, he was overhyped. Me too. But like he was elite. Was it 2016? Elite is. is he was elite that relevant, one year. But yeah, yeah. The one year he was. Yeah. So like the one year, 2016 with Breezer. But like. I mean, would you. I wouldn't consider him elite any other time. I always thought he was riding on the coattails of of Roddy White and Julio Jones and all those all those receivers. I mean, he's had some good ass. Calvin Ridley now. You know, Calvin. Calvin's been out like he's had some good ass receivers there. Another said, "Were Aikman and McNabb same years? I think they were in the same because, like, McNabb was drafted '99, so Aikman retired what 2000? Because I I it was funny. I produced for the drive. Like, I think it was like two weeks. It was right before Thanksgiving. Uh, Barb was in here and he was talking about." Uh, this hit that LaVar Arrington had that basically ended Eggman's career. I think it was in 2000. 2001. He, it was 2001. Retired. Yeah. And this crazy ass hit where Arrington just, I mean, he like, you know, you know, Eggman's like running outside the pocket towards his Right. And, you know, a lot of times quarterbacks are just going to throw the ball away. Well, Aikman decided not to throw the football away. And LeVar Arrington was not going to take no for an answer. And he just destroyed Blasted him. him. I mean, hit him as hard. That's one of the hardest hits I've ever seen. Like nowadays, you would get tossed out the game for this hit. But like I, I remember watching it, Dude, I don't think Aikman was elite at that time. I mean, to be honest, I, I always feel like Eggman's overrated. I feel like he he wrote in the coattails of Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin, but that was a good, that was a great team. Gr- yeah, it was, it great was a team, great team. Great
0: offensive line. He was he was a good. He was good. He, he, was was good. Elite.
1: he was good. I don't think he was. I don't. I I wouldn't consider him elite. I I, I mean, like him and Terry Bradshaw. Like I, oh, I agree with that. I don't. I would agree with I, that. Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> I mean, for Talk most, about products
0: of the system. Yes, yeah, so
1: I'm saying For most, of, even even Joe Namath, for most of his career, like he had, he was the first he quarterback to go for Joe's name. I mean, he's a great character, but he oh, <laughs> he Broadway, wasn't that great Joe. of a quarterback. He wasn't that great of a quarterback. He did have the first four thousand yard season for a, for a quarterback in NFL history. So, props to that. Like he's a he's a Hall of Fame character, not a, not a quarterback. But uh, yeah, I, I know I wouldn't consider that. And McNabb was McNabb was like. He,
0: he became elite, what, 0-2 maybe? Uh, d- during his time, like at the peak, he I would consider him elite for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and but I decade. think it was like 0-2 when he yeah. got to that level for me. Like, that was a really great team before. They, had, I mean, their defense was really good. Good running game didn't have, they didn't have no receivers you know yeah. they had no receivers <laughs> The receivers <laughs> were
0: their running backs exactly
1: exactly <laughs> that's, that's Andy Reid is the one that invented the the passing game as a running game because they, they had no receivers they the, the first receiver I remember was but the uh, screen game on was, the map was, was Terrell Owens yeah they have like was it Pinkston was one of their names oh yeah it was like Pinkston yeah yeah so no I I, th- I, honest, I mean like I said Elway Montana but you got like two years years of Montana who's running on fumes at that point and like Elway's still in his prime. But that's that's like the closest maybe the one year of of Breeze and Ryan in what is it 2016 when when Ryan went to the Super Bowl. That's it. I I, I think this might end up being the Chiefs and, and Chargers with uh, Mahomes and, and Herbert. That might be like the best long term long yeah. term divisional rivalry between quarterbacks like first time that we've seen for years two elite quarterbacks still hinges on Herbert having playoff success.
0: I say he's still got to get there, but yeah. but you see the potential. Yeah. I don't, I don't give out
1: participation trophies like that just because you, you, you put a bunch of good stats up during the regular season. <laughs> That's just not how it is. So yeah, I, 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 I'm not like that. Um, I, we didn't get to it this segment, but coming up next, I'll tell you why people are not putting respect. People need to put respect on the defense's name. This is Bank
0: at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Six Ten Sports Radio.
1: Someone on the uh, Jay Southland toe Service text line finally got a had a good one. Solid pull. Solid pull. Dan Marino and Jim Kelly. Last two times we've seen two elite quarterbacks, same division. I agree with that. Yeah, that's solid. That's solid. So this would be if, like I said, this is all contingent on Herbert reaching elite status. Some people probably already have him in there. There's some idiots out there that think he's better than Mahomes. But I think, I think he's close. Like I said, he's just got to have a good playoff run. For me, you're not elite until you have a good playoff run where it it very much appears like your team is a contender to win a championship, not a team that's contending to lose in a divisional round. You got to have a good playoff run. I, I feel like he's a good playoff run away from that. That's a that's a good pull uh, from the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. I want to get some props to this defense, man. Like this defense. Like I, I, I remember like a month ago, I was arguing with Sean Levine here on Bink at Night about the defense. And I remember telling him, I was like, dude, like, this defense is for real. Like I understand, you know, some people are looking at the defense, and you played Jordan Love, and you you were playing Derek Carr. You know, you know Derek Carr. Derek Carr do not always show up for big games, and so some people have convinced themselves that the defense wasn't that impressive. Even though I I contend that. They've really been playing much, much better since that Washington game. Besides the first half of the, the Tennessee game, they they did a good job in the second half of that game. And since then, they've been awesome. And I gave them props for how they played against the Cowboys. And I was saying, like, dude, this defense is much better than people are getting a, giving it credit for. And now they proved it. They finally proved it. And I, I don't feel like they're being given enough props. I feel like local media and fans are but i don't feel like national media i don't feel like the the talking heads that uh, some people put so much uh so much on their opinions i don't feel like those people are recognizing the defense enough all we hear about all we've heard about all day is patrick mahomes is back justin herbert not quite there yet but almost there and brandon staley messed up going for all those all those uh Um, Fourth downs. That's all we're hearing. We're not hearing uh, how Dan Sorensen went from being the worst player in the NFL to actually look like a really good role player right now. You know, we didn't hear about how Nick Bolton right now, uh, you know, if not for Micah Parsons could probably be defensive rookie of the year. I mean, if if Micah Parsons is the only thing right now, I think maybe Patrick Sertan too. like Patrick Sertan, like maybe Bolton would be third on that list, but he has been really Awesome. He's been killing it for the Chiefs during this run. And, you know, he's, he's terrible against in, in pass coverage. Uh, you know, that's fine. Like, we, we've seen linebackers have hiccups in passing coverage. Uh, Willie Gay last year had his, his hiccups in the pass coverage. Maybe Bolton can fix that. But at least against the run, he is a damn dog. And he makes plays. He's the reason why that, that interception happened with Hitch. He tipped that ball up in the air. He was making so many plays in the run game. Even though they were hurt, they were hurting without Chris Jones yesterday. And he was making plays. They got key stops on four downs. A lot of people aren't giving them the respect that they are, they earned for getting stops on four downs. Getting stops when they needed to get stops. Chargers, I said this in the first segment, Chargers had the ball with just with over a minute at the end of that game, when it was tied up, and if this was the defense that we saw three months ago, I don't think any of us would have had any faith that they would get a stop against Herbert. But now, after the way that they had played throughout the game, I was like, we're going overtime. They got the ball back and you know, for some reason, Andy Reed decided he wanted to mail in it and not try you know, and hail Mary, you know, not try for the sports center, top 10, number one play, but I mean, he, he got it later. But like, I just, for me, it's like, I feel like the defense is very much kind of being swept under the rug because of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and their amazing play. But we got to give props to the defense, to Bolton, all those guys. They held it down without Willie Gay, without Chris Jones, their best pass rusher, without uh, Lecherry Sneed, their their best uh, corner. Those guys are really important to to the success of this defense, and they have been during this stretch. And the fact that they weren't on the field and the defense still held their own when they needed to, you got to give props to them for that. And that's the reason why uh, I hope – that the rest of the way we take the time to appreciate how well the defense has been playing during this stretch. Because if without them, with the way this offense has been playing, I, I don't know if the Chiefs are are in the position that they're in to, to be number one in the conference in December. I, they could very well be a wild card team right now just fighting to stay in the race. That's how important this defense has been, and that's why you got to give them their props. Coming up next, Julio's Web Hits. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio.